He's a stubborn New Hampshire masshole, giving hard-hitting opinions on Boston sports that nobody else has the courage to do. He has philosophical thoughts that will keep you up at night, and he hates generic business jargon. Wake up in the morning with your mother's favorite podcaster, Roddy B. Welcome, welcome to the Wally Media Podcast. I'm your host, Roddy, a.k.a. Riley, a.k.a. Wally. Still haven't decided on a name that I want to use. It's probably best that I go with just my birth name, honestly. Anyways, today we are going to specialize in sports talk. The Boston Bruins are in the playoffs. The Boston Celtics are somewhat in the playoffs. And I'm also going to do a little bit on the Dallas Mavericks because we all know that I am a writer for the Peach Basket, a fan-driven NBA site where I voluntarily write articles about the Dallas Mavericks. Let's get into it. The Bruins have a game tonight. Woo! Let's go Bruins, man. I'm excited. They're coming up against the Washington Capitals. The strong Washington Capitals. We are on the road in Washington, the great state of Washington, which I have visited recently. Yep, we're going up against Alexander Ovechkin and company. Not to mention Zdeno Chara, the beloved 6'9 defenseman who spent so many years with the Boston Bruins now gets to come up against them in the first round of the NHL playoffs. It's weird to see him in a Capitals uniform. I'm looking at it right now. He just looks off. He, he. You should remember where you came from, Zidato. You came from Boston, and he's a great guy, and he did a lot of good things for the, uh, the city and the state. So we love him in Boston, and it's going to be a little bittersweet coming up against him in the playoffs, especially when we beat him. The Caps have a couple things not going for them this series. Washington is without their starting goalie. Let me find his name. (laughs) He's got a weird one. It's Ilya Samsonov. They will be rolling with Vitek Vanasek or Craig Anderson in net. Net minding against the Boston Bruins. Now, Vitek Vanasek has got some play against the Bruins this year. He is 4-3 against Boston. This season, they played seven times, wow. And with with a 2.86 goals against average, which I think is fairly average for a goalie. So that's pretty much just up in the air. That statistic probably doesn't matter when it comes down to it. Now, I wanted to highlight what the Bruins call the quote, perfection line. This is their top line, consisted of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Pasta. These guys are known as the perfection line for the Bruins because they seem to do everything right. They have been Bruins for a long time, all three of them. They know what needs to be done on that top line, and they go out and they get it done. Against the Caps this year, they are 9-3 on goals against the Washington Capitals' first line. So we have a bit of an edge there, and I think if we capitalize early in these games and we try to get an early lead with that top line, I think we can come out with a 
series victory, even being the underdogs. Now, you can never forget the star on the Washington Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin. Now, he is the LeBron of the NHL, kind of similar to Sidney Crosby in that when they play, anything can happen. There can be a gravitational shift just because of them. So I'll definitely be scared watching Alexander Ovechkin because he is an absolute machine to watch on the ice. So with all that being said, I think the Bruins, well, I'm being a homer. Bruins in seven. <laughs> I'll, I'll say they, they battle it out in this series and it goes back and forth. It's, you know, really heated, really tense, tense series. And I think the Bruins come out on top in seven games. That's all I got for the Bruins. You guys know I don't know too much about hockey, uh, but I definitely will be tuning in tonight at 6.15. Also, by the way, I woke up about two weeks ago on a weekend from a deep slumber, woke up on a day where I didn't know that I was graduating that day, and I went about my business like nothing happened. Now, I bring that up because today the Bruins play, and today I'm also, air quotes, celebrating my graduation. So I'll be going to hang out with my family, um, including my brother who's from out of town. He's from Utah. He's coming in to hang out with us, and we're going to some expensive restaurant in which I will definitely be making a comment about the menu because I am a very frugal person, and I hate to spend money, especially in the times that we are in right now. Now, so we are doing that today, and I'll definitely be doing updates on the Bruins, and I want to give more a better in-depth analysis on hockey, uh, the more that I watch these series, because I really do get into playoff hockey. I really enjoy the physicality of it. I enjoy how 50-50 it is. Like in basketball, they do have the seven-game series as well, but I think eventually in the NBA in a seven-game series, the better team always seems to pan out. But in the NHL, anything can freaking happen. I know one year we were a top seed and we went up against the Flyers and we were up 3-0. I think it was like a 2-7 and seven seed. We were like the 2 seed, they were 7. Maybe it was even 1-8. and eight. The Flyers came back 3-0 and beat us 4-3. So anything can happen in these NHL playoffs. And I think that's why what makes it so great. That's also what makes the baseball playoffs that much better too. So with that being said, let's move on to the Boston Celtics. The... Uh, ever so troubling and just enigma that the Boston Celtics are this season. I just cannot figure out what to decide on what this team is this year. And you know what? You know what? I'll tell you exactly what this team is. I have been overthinking it this whole time. The great Bill Parcells, the old uh, Cowboys and Giants coach, he had the quote, you are what your record is. And that is exactly what the Boston Celtics are. That's actually exactly what every other team in any sport is, except for probably the Los Angeles Lakers because LeBron and AD are both coming back. But anyways, the Boston Celtics are 35 and 35. And that's exactly what a 500 team is. You can't really figure them out. They can't really break stride or they can't eventually just keep losing games. Um, it just kind of doesn't go either way. So it just leaves you questioning this team after every single game. And remember my last podcast when I said the Bruins could go six and one and I was like, uh -uh, uh -uh. 
going six and one to finish out the season. No, let's take a look at the the final games of the of the Celtics season. They are one and four since the podcast I made. They won the game against Orlando because that's when I made it, if you remember. And then they pulling it up here. They went to Chicago, got beat by 22. They got smoked. And then I thought that they would split with Miami. They lost both at home against the Miami Heat. And then they go on the road a day later on the second half of a back-to-back, and they go to Cleveland. It's a long flight. They're probably tired or whatever, but that's never an excuse, especially going up against a sorry Cleveland Cavaliers team. They lost by eight in Cleveland. So instead of going 6-1 and one from a 35-31 and 31 record, which would have made them uh, 41-32, and 32, they'd be in great position and probably out of the play-in. But now we got to deal with today at 1 p.m., literally five minutes from the time I'm recording this podcast, they're going to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Should be a win, right? Tomorrow at noon, so 23 hours later, they've got a road back-to-back to finish off the season against the New York Knicks, who are really good this year. So I am assuming that they will split these two games. They'll win and they'll lose, and they'll end the season on a frustrating 36-36 and record, which puts them in the play-in tournament. They have clinched the play-in. They will be coming up against either the Charlotte Hornets or the Indiana Pacers. Now, I, out of these two teams, I definitely want to come up against the Indiana Pacers. They're both 33 and 37. They have games today. Indiana plays the Lakers and uh, Charlotte plays the Knicks and the Knicks are currently up on them. Um, it's actually both games are the same exact score. It's 36 to 28 and both, te- both of those uh, Charlotte and Indiana are down. So we want to come up against Indiana, I'm thinking. And if we beat Indiana the first game, we're in at seed seven. And that would put us up against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I don't feel terrible going up the Nets if we do get past this play-in, which I'd also be surprised if we lose. With the Nets, their defense is just awful. So I think if we can capitalize on that, we can put up a fight against the Nets. But honestly, I think we're a first round exit this year and I just really hope that we have a good draft. Um, I'm not sure what's gonna happen with Jalen or Jason because Jalen Brown is out for the season and I have the injury list here. If you'll just give me a minute, stop being impatient. Check out the injuries on the Celtics right now. Let's see what we have going on. And this definitely has a lot to do with their uh, their downfall this season, but it's not everything, definitely. Kemba Walker will miss Saturday's game against the Timberwolves with a neck injury. Robert Williams III, the Time Lord, is out. He's out. It doesn't even say why. He's just out. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, the wannabe Hakeem Olajuwon, will not play Saturday against the Timberwolves due to a strained left peck. Peck! Jason Tatum, our fearless leader, is probable for Saturday's contest against the Timberwolves due to a left ankle impingement, according to ESPN. So Jason Tatum will probably be hobbling against Minnesota. 
And Marcus Smart, our defensive leader, he's out with with a calf against the Timberwolves. And Fournier is probable on Saturday with a right knee hyperflexion injury. Plus, you have Jalen Brown is out for three months, so the whole season, with a wrist injury. So we are really plagued right now. We've got Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards bearing the load at the point guard position. So that's something to be optimistic about, right? I, I watch Waters out there. I really like Edwards. I think he's a good player, and I think he will um, find himself into a role. I don't know if it's in with the Celtics, but he is a great player. I think he will find his way onto a roster that will play him a lot more, kind of like a Fred Van Vliet type role. But this dude, Tremont Waters, the kid out of LSU, I think it's his second or third year. He just looks lost when he's out there. He looks nervous. He makes bad passes. He gets stolen from, he can shoot it a little bit and he, he has good handle, but he just looks lost out there sometimes. Like he, like he forgets to play basketball. And that's, that's what happens when you grow up and you're, the star of your high school team, you're the star of every team before that, you're you're one of the top dogs at LSU, you're a starter your whole entire life, so that's what you're used to. And then you get onto a, a Boston Celtics team and you are the 11th or 12th guy on the roster and you are forced to get in your bag off the bench, you know? And he, every time he comes in, it just seems like he's a little lost. So I, there's, there's a little bit of troubling uh, things going on at the point guard position for the Celtics. So I'm a little worried. Honestly, with all these injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if we dropped the game to the Timberwolves. But I hope with what we have, we can pull out a victory. Um, don't Definitely don't want to come up against the Hornets in the play-in. I think that they have our number. And especially with all of our injuries, I think they will beat us. And we'll have to play that second play-in game. Oh, man. Celtics. <laughs> oh, why couldn't I live in the 80s? Man, I'm a huge Larry Bird fan, but I never got to see him play because I wasn't alive. So, it's sad. It's an interesting time in the Celtic world right now. We have all the names. We have all the superstars. We just can't do anything about it. We can't capitalize on it. We have a ton of big names on this team. It's weird. I wish we could have gotten out and gotten uh, Nikola Vucevic. I think that really would have turned this team around. But you're all with the punches. Now, I wanted to finish this podcast, this brief podcast, talking about the Dallas Mavericks. As you know, as I mentioned, I am a writer for the Peach Basket, and I do articles whenever I want on game. I write game recaps for the games that I feel necessary that need to be written on, and I will be writing articles for every single playoff game that the Mavericks play. So I'm going to have a busy playoff season watching all these games. I'm going to have to take a break from watching Survivor. I just got onto season 11 where they introduce hidden immunity idols. So it's a tough time for the playoffs to come because I just want to watch Survivor. Anyways, <laughs> okay. So about the Mavericks. It's a, this is a big topic in the Dallas media right now. Luka Doncic is starting to really, really annoy me. And it's really turned me off of the team. You know, his rookie year and his second year, I loved Luka. I loved him. Love, love, love. He was so good. He was a young kid, took the league by storm. Everybody loved him, wasn't doing anything wrong on on or off the court. He was just this this phenom. And now he's in his, he's in his third year or his fourth year. I think it's his third. I could be mistaken. I think it's his third. 
he's feeling himself a little too much right now. He's becoming, you know, superstar spoiled Luca. And there is some, you know, good reason for that. He's a, he's a phenomenal player and he's he can just do whatever he wants on the floor. But he is a freaking Euro soccer player on that basketball court. The dude, every single time down the floor, he has something to say to the refs. Every single time a whistle blows, he has a comment about something that just happened on that play or a comment about a past play. He never shuts up. And also, he's been saying this for years that he's going to cut out the emotional side of him um, and that he will try to keep his composure more, but he doesn't. He's. This is how I see it going for Luca. He says all this crap to the media about, you know, keeping his emotions in check and being a leader for his team and just on to the next play type mentality, you know? He's like, during the game, he's like, no, but did you did you see that call he made? Like, what is that? I'm gonna go off the rails now because I deserve to because I know more than a 60 year old veteran referee. Are you kidding me? This guy's the worst. Luca is the worst. And it just turns me off of this Mavericks team. The guy has 15 technical fouls. It is, it is unfathomable to watch the Mavericks right now. And I'm sorry, I got a lot of Mavericks fans listening to this podcast. I hope Denver obliterates them in the first round. And I'm going to write impartial um, uh, articles about it. I'm going to be impartial and I'll, and I'll honestly side a little bit towards the Mavericks just because I have a lot of Mavericks followers and I don't want to make anybody mad or whatever, even though that doesn't really matter. And I don't even know if anybody reads them anyway, but I do like to write. <sighs> it's going to be tough. So I, I got to keep my composure myself when I'm writing these articles, not to just sound like a broken record and that I'm so annoyed by Luca being such a spoiled brat on the floor. Oh, but but did you, did you see the call? He fouled me. Did, he fouled me. <laughs> Deal with it. Ugh. Do you see Kawhi Leonard complaining about it? No, he doesn't complain about anything. God, ridiculous. I, I would love to hear some Mavericks fans' thoughts on, on Luka this season. I would love it. Please, please reach out to me, message me. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up about the Mavericks is they've gotten very, very lucky this season. They're the fifth seed right now, and they're lucky for it. You know why? I'm going to tell you. They have come up against teams against when their superstar is out so many times. I have a list right here, and I'm probably shorting it. There's probably even more names that I left off the list. They played the Suns without Booker. Let's see if they won that game. We'll go through it here together. How, how, do you, how does that sound? Phoenix, 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 Phoenix. They lost that game. Okay. They lost that game against the Suns. The Nets, once without KD and Kyrie, which they won that one, and then once without Harden. And I think they won that one as well. That was the recent one. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn! Yes, they won both of those games against Brooklyn. Yep. The Heat did not have Jimmy Butler when they played. And let's see if they won. Did they win? Miami! They won that game. They won it by 14 points. They played the Kings without Fox. Uh, one time, De'Aaron Fox. He did not play, but 
they actually lost all three times to the Kings this year. So that's an L there. They played the Lakers without LeBron and a restricted Anthony Davis twice, in which they won both of those games. They played the Pelicans three days ago without their entire starting lineup, and they played the Toronto Raptors, who are not very good this year, but they also didn't have their entire starting lineup uh, last night when they played Toronto. So that has helped the Mavericks a lot this season. And I think that is why they kind of snuck into that fifth seed. And they're going to come up against a tough, tough Denver team with the MVP, by far the MVP. I don't know why anybody has any slander against him, probably because he's white. Um, But Nikola Jokic is absolutely the MVP, and he is an absolute stud. He's awesome to watch, and I cannot wait to watch that series. So they'll come up against Denver without uh, Murray, but they do have a ton of other pieces that can contribute, and they've been on fire since uh, since Murray's left. So I don't think they're going to be missing a beat at all. Wouldn't be surprised to see them back in the Western Conference Finals this season. But I think that will do it for this uh, NBA and NHL playoff podcast. I wanted to just hop on the mic here because I wanted to show off my new intro from the guy that I bought a voiceover from on Fiverr, where I'm also doing audio engineer stuff. I'm, I can edit podcasts and other audio projects that people have. I've gotten a couple orders and they've gone well. So I'm doing that. I bought it. I'm going to give a shout out to Jim Kirk Caldy. I hope I said your name right, but we, we chatted up a little bit and uh, I'll definitely be working with him some more and getting some more sound bites for him or from him for this podcast. So I'm super pumped about that. I think it's a good addition to the podcast But I hope everybody enjoys their weekends. If you graduated, congratulations. Um, Just know that it's just a piece of paper and it doesn't do anything for you. You have to go out and get it yourself. So that will do it for me. That is my tip for the day. Um, Yeah, have a good weekend.